Alrighty. Alright, give it a, give the old 3, 2, 1. Damn, son! Welcome to Space Cadets Pod. Episode 8. Yeah, we're up to 8. I think it's 8. We're up to 8. Yeah, we, we said it was 7 last time, so therefore it's 8. We're, we're going through the episodes chronologically as we make them. Yeah. It's going to be a bit weird when we get to, you know, episode 127. Like, we have to, you know, announce that. Or if, if we go Joe Rogan mode and we end up having, like, over a thousand podcasts, are we really going to announce ourselves as Space Cadets Pod episode 1128? Like... Oh, that's pretty cool though I wouldn't mind doing that Is that a flex? Is that a flex? Would it feel yeah. too awkward if we did that every time? It would be taking time away from the amazing podcast <laughs> That we should be doing instead So, What are you talking about man? We don't have any topics today We just we don't <laughs> We don't actually have any topics today We're trying a new thing out No, nah, no, that's not true at all No, we, we do got, have topics we got, we, got, we got a couple of topics I didn't realise we had topics any other day We've got, we've got fewer topics than, uh, than usual Uh huh <laughs> But uh, I think they're still okay. That just gives us more opportunity for creativity. Yeah, doesn't yeah, it? exactly. You're going to really need to go deep on these topics. So, what are your thoughts on the Democratic nominee candidates for, uh, for the 2020 election? Because it is this year. I don't even know what they are. I'm talking about I'm talking about them Joe Bidens and them, them Bernie Sanders. You know we don't actually get a vote. Who? Australians. What? I was going to mail one in. Don't they let you do that? You can try. Ah, uh, surely. You don't need proof of American citizenship. You can do or like an do. online poll vote, maybe. Seriously, the American election is basically the world election. Can we just can, can we, we just, just allow allow votes from across the world for this? <laughs> this is more this is more lead up than I've ever heard you say about our own elections is you know is, you're getting more involved in the american elections dude do, do we've got we've got politics over in australia as well yeah but it's 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 rubbish politics yeah it's here. boring as it's well it's super boring people don't talk about it online as much as they do about uh <laughs> about american politics so that's all that's in my head really yeah people only ever talk online people only ever talk about um probably american politics and like the random like awesome progressive thing that scandinavian politicians are doing every now and then and then that's pretty much it. I guess it depends what circles you're in. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, you do, I guess the you, Scandinavian loving American hating circles that I hang out in. Yeah, yeah. That, probably, that's it. probably where that's coming from. That's probably where that's come from. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I don't know. If, if, if they opened up, if they opened up like, uh, you know, the American election to the world, would Trump be more or less likely to, to get back in? I don't know. Well, I, I, probably less. Probably less, right? Because people, he's sort of anti-immigration uh, and that kind of thing. And, you know... People want to go to America. People want to go <laughs> maybe work there. I don't know. I wouldn't mind going there for a bit. It's always been difficult to work in America, though. Yeah. Not just not just with Trump. Mm. But, yeah. Anyway, what do you think of these candidates? Tell me who the candidates are, for starters. All right. So, you got you got Joe Biden. He was the... Uh, he was the... Uh, vice president when Barack Obama was in. Mm-hmm. So, uh, <laughs> there was there was some Biden bro memes going around at the time. Maybe you should you should know that guy's face. Surely, I've heard of him. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's just like he's just an old dude. Like um, this 
Yeah, I don't know. He's 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 pretty much like the moderate candidate as far as um as far as those guys are concerned. As far as the Democrats are concerned, he's more to the center. It feels like, yeah, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. He's not like a hyper left candidate. Like you would say, like Bernie Sanders. He's like the he's probably like second so far in polls overall. Although in some polls he comes first. Um, but he's like. He's like the left wing candidate, like the far like I don't I don't even want to say far left wing candidate. It's just like he has socialist policies, like um, you know, almost mimicking stuff that's already happening in Europe. So he's really into um, you know, guaranteeing healthcare for all and um, you know, having um having a few. He's he's got this idea of um a jobs guarantee, which we'll get into because uh mm-hmm. I reckon that's um. So a this episode, you're just sort of outlining your political agenda. Yeah, that's basically re- it. In regards to America, a yeah. country you don't even live in. I'm basically giving my personal bias take on on the on the election cycle. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> Can't wait. That's some quality space cadets pod content. <laughs> that's what you're here for. The reason it's in my head is because I did this um I did this test online. It was like which uh, democratic candidate do you most align to? Like, and so it just asked like 20 questions. Oh, I thought it was going to be one of those ones that tells you which one you are. Yeah, like a political compass thing. No, but like which one you actually are as a person. Oh, like, uh, who you are. Like, which frozen character are you, Matt? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was pretty much like that, except just asking you political questions. Yeah. So it's like, whose beliefs do you align with most? And who did you align with? Donald. Donald. No, 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 no. It's out of the, and this was out of the Democratic candidates as well, so oh, okay. he, he just wasn't included in this. <laughs> but he, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be closely aligned with Trump even. I if thought he you were it. closely aligned with Trump. No, 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 you're no, pro no. Trump, this aren't is, you? No, 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 no. This we is a total misconception. This, we discussed this on episode How one. How dare you keep bringing this up as if I'm pro Trump? Right, <laughs> <laughs> making a devil's advocate point now and then <laughs> does not mean that you're a, a total advocate of everything that. You know what I'm saying? Uh huh. <laughs> you don't. You're not buying it. You know who my candidate is? The guy who I uh, most closely aligned with as well. This Putin. fellow called Andrew Yang. He's. I know Andrew Yang. You've heard of Andrew Yang? Yeah. He's an Asian American running on a basic income guarantee as his platform. That's like his main. That's his main um, policy that he wants to enact. Are you going to go to America and get some free money off him? Well, get a citizenship. I, 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 I just think that, that would be that would be that'd be pretty awesome. Like, yeah. you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. You you could it the, the the great thing about a basic income is you don't have to quit your job or you, you don't have to forfeit, you know, doing work because the problem is with um the welfare system that you have at the moment. It's it's generally this thing where it's like if you're not working you're eligible for welfare, but if you are working you're not eligible for welfare. So let's say you're this job this potential job say you're working on welfare and then there's like a job opportunity at a local milk bar fish and chip shop you know something like a maccas something really like i want to say bottom end kind of thing like in terms of how much money you can make out of it mm. then there you're going to experience what's called the welfare trap because you're going to be going from i don't know how much a month but it might only slightly go up but suddenly you're working like flat out to mm. get that and so a lot of people can so see it as not lost worth all it. this time. Yeah, a know. lot of people can see it as not worth it because it's like, well, I'm only going to be making a slightly incremental more money, but now I actually have to work. Yeah. Whereas with a if it's a basic income, then it's like, well, you're going to get that money regardless. So you can just work as much or as little as you want, and it's going to make a real tangible difference in your life, basically. Yeah. 
I told you. I told you last week, man. I warned you. We're going in on basic. We're going in on basic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I, we even held an Instagram vote. Yeah. Did yeah, it, yeah. What yeah. were the results? The Obviously, answer, the answer was both. <laughs> the answer was both. <laughs> I don't know what the other topic was. Black holes. It's probably a bit more. Yeah, interesting I think to we uh, we held an Instagram vote that was uh, what should we talk about? Black holes or basic income? Yeah. I don't know what the results were, but Matt's decided that we're talking about basic income, and we can. No, no, we can talk about. Oh, I can't believe oh, you've this. Ha- your phone's gone off again. I think this is Every this time. happened last episode Every time. as well. Okay, Sorry, so yeah, thanks. basic income's great. I think. Um, I think people with that sort of level of money aren't really responsible with their money anyway, though, are they? So they might just fritter it away. Uh, that's kind of alright the though, level. because they're frittering it. They're frittering it away back into the economy. You know what mm. I'm saying? They're spending it on. They're spending it on products, and unless they're taking it straight to the black market. And even if they are, the the, the black market's going to feed it back to the economy anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the black market discussion is one worth having, but it's like, I don't know. I f- I feel like people should be uh, allowed to take you know their own personal responsibility when it comes to when it comes to their own finances so if they if they scroll every cent of that you know thousand dollars a month that they that they're getting like it's probably not so bad compared to uh you know someone who's super rich and just like not putting any of that money back into the economy again just leaving it in a bank account for instance Mm, yeah Not, not that that's always what happens there's plenty of initiatives that you know um the wealthy end invest in and you know create jobs for and stuff like that yeah so but so andrew going back to andrew yang um so he's his whole thing is he's trying to prepare for a society that's plagued and riddled riddled with automation that's basically and job loss yeah and he's going to solve that by you know just giving people a little bit of money so that they can work on their passions and dreams instead of doing something they don't want to do and barely making more than you would on welfare anyway. Yeah, basically we're 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 dealing with a bit of a situation where it we're losing we're losing a lot of a lot of jobs to automation. Like a lot more than we would care to admit. And it it doesn't it doesn't exactly seem like they're they're being um replaced anywhere near as, as quickly as as you would need in order for it to not become a massive economic issue. I think it will become a massive economic issue because it's it's not it's it's not just the jobs that get directly replaced. Like let's say we're talking about um, the fact that self-driving cars keep getting better and better, and it's like it's going to be economically uh, better for truck companies to replace their truck drivers with self-driving trucks, right? you're going to lose however many truck driving jobs, but it's not just them. It's the fact that those truck drivers would have been driving through these bum-ass towns in the middle of nowhere across America, across Australia, Europe even, and stopping there for fuel, stopping there for food, stopping there to sleep, and all the money that they're spending on those services going into that local economy. That's no longer going to happen if you've got a truck that just doesn't sleep, just goes overnight. Yeah, I don't think a basic income would save a town that relies on the income of truck drivers, though. Well, no, you're still going to have the problem of urbanization, which is those people just moving to the city. Yeah. Yeah. They would. There's Well, because they wouldn't have their main business anymore. I, I don't think it's going to stop there from being, you know, quite a few desolate towns out in the middle of the... No- out in the middle of... 
yeah. wherever. You know what I mean? But I mean, towns die sometimes. I mean, you want to, you probably want to have more going for your town than just uh, servicing truck drivers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you would, but at the same time, like, I don't know. I mean, yeah. No, you do. There, there is, there is definitely the chance that there's just going to be a bunch of a bunch of towns with no work in them, and there's just people collecting collecting checks and just you know i don't know I, I, that's it's kind of a it's an interesting wasn't it isn't it and and then people who are you know people who get this money are still you know going to complain that it's not enough and all that kind of thing as well you know to look after themselves because how much money can they realistically get from the government per year for a basic income for a basic income so Andrew Yang's proposal is a thousand dollars a month, a thousand US dollars a month. Mm-hmm. So that's twelve thousand a year. So that would be like I don't know, eighteen thousand Australian a year, which is like our lowest tax bracket. So mm-hmm. in Australia, if you don't make over eighteen thousand dollars in a in any financial year, you won't get taxed that year. Like you won't get income taxed. Mm. So that's basically it. You'd basically set it at the lowest threshold for our tax. Yeah. Well, that's probably okay. That'd be especially helpful if you uh, if you were working as well, and you could earn that on top of it. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I mean, you yeah you but you you would be getting taxed at a higher rate. Like if you're um, as soon as you, you pass the yeah. tax threshold, yeah. If you're making you know the eighteen thousand dollars from from the basic income, but then you're also making I don't know fifty thousand dollars from an average job, you're going to be getting income taxes if you're making. $68,000, which is... I think if you're at the point where you're like, there's a lot of jobs that are a lost cause and we've got to get rid of them, you've then got to address another issue, which is people's uh, well-being and how they feel when they're unemployed. Because, yeah. you know, sitting there receiving a basic income and not doing anything else isn't going to make you feel any good yeah, this about is, yourself. This is definitely the crux of the matter. This is why there's like a major discussion going on right now as to like, you know... If we've accepted the premise that automation is going to be devastating for jobs in our economy, we, like, you know, what's the solution? Is well, it we're, basic we're already at the point where people don't really need to work mm. and yet they just have jobs just to satisfy people. You know, they're doing useless jobs that don't really need to be, to yeah. be done. Yeah, I know what you mean. You can refer to them as bullshit jobs. Bullshit jobs. <laughs> bullshit jobs. Like making a podcast. That's a bullshit job. It doesn't need to nah, be done. That's a hobby. It's it can hobby. be automated, dude. There's no we job could, involved here. We anyway. could get a Not AI in here to talk instead of us. It'd that's be. actually a good idea. We imagine, wouldn't have to do anything. Imagine... Okay, so here's what I was thinking, right? You know how we were saying, we need a Jamie? We need, like, a guy who's just looking shit up for us, like, so that we can keep focus on the conversation? Yeah. I mean, yeah, because last week we were trying to look things up and we were on our phones while trying mm. to talk at the same time. Google <laughs> Assistant might just get good enough that that becomes... The Should show. we have a... Yeah, let's have a, a yeah, Google, uh, like a Google, Google home. home here. Yeah. And whenever we want to ask Google a question, we're like, hey, Google. Yeah. What's, uh, what's basic income... Are you connected to the Four. CIA? <laughs> <laughs> so that's the thing, man. It might censor itself. <laughs> Sorry, just quickly back to the basic income thing, because like the alternative is um, in having accepted the premise that automation is going to be devastating to the economy. The alternative to basic income is uh, what? Well, automation what surely won't be devastating to the economy. It'll be devastating to the individual. It'll be <laughs> beneficial to the economy. That's the reason it's getting brought in, isn't it? Bro. <laughs> um, well, 
I just I just think it's it, you basically have to make a decision between is basic income best or is jobs guarantee best? And be, jobs guarantee is like what Bernie Sanders wants to wants to right. wants to do, and that's basically just forcing people to have promising a job. people jobs. Yeah, so the government that's would, part of his um, the government yeah. would make a bunch of fake jobs, essentially a mm-hmm. bunch of a bunch of tasks that. A bunch of bullshit jobs. Yeah, it's it is it is it, they are bullshit jobs. <laughs> I'm obviously biased on this because I'm a massive basic income advocate, but um, crap, we need a bunch of jobs. People need to be busy. They yeah, need to be doing but stuff. That's, that's the idea. If, if people, uh, if if their well being is so much better off having tasks to do, even if those tasks are bullshit, then maybe the better the better answer is to just guarantee jobs as the government. You know. And just give people wages for not doing anything, like, but you know, not doing anything productive, but they're doing something, yeah, with their time, so to speak. Yeah, I don't know if that's better than letting them try and be entrepreneurial and you know try and make their own way. It's better in some regard because I don't think anyone, not just anyone's going to like when they're when they're given a basic income, go out and become entrepreneurial and try and build themselves up like that. Um, so I think like 80% of people would probably just take the money and sit pretty or get like a little side gig. 80%? What reckon, do you think? How many people? How many people do you think are entrepreneurial? Well, here's the thing, right? So I go, I go around and I ask this, I <laughs> Look, ask you, this you, question a lot. The like, thing is you, you hang out <laughs> with the 20% of people who like, I think oh, it's, that's not true. I think it's like 30% of people go to do tertiary education in Australia or something like that. It's really low. I don't only talk to people who have gone through uni. <laughs> no, but th- I'm just trying to give you some perspective. I mean, like, you know, I don't think... you Maybe you know a few entrepreneurial people, but that's just because that's who you hang out with, you know. But but if, this, if the question is simply this, if it's simply, would you quit your job if you were suddenly getting an extra $1,000 a month? The answer is always no. No. If you ask that question to literally anyone, they'll always say no. And maybe they feel compelled to say no because there's a, there's a social, um, you know, uh, need to be busy. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it looks bad on you if you say that you would do nothing. Then I guess that's, they're not the kind of people we're worried about in this, for this kind of model then, are they? We're worried about the people who were doing nothing anyway and are going to keep doing nothing. What is nothing? I don't know, but <laughs> nothing isn't making them... It, it's not... Okay, it's not the people who want to do nothing. It's the people who are forced to do nothing because there isn't any... There aren't any jobs for them to do. Okay, I'm not saying people just are going to do nothing because they're sitting around doing nothing. So, we're know? talking about like the bottom 20% of like well, current uh, Well, let's take standings. your take your car driver, uh, your um, your truck driver example someone who's been doing that for 30 years suddenly they lose their job because there isn't a job for them mm. and they don't they don't have any education in anything else they don't have another pathway they could go down you yeah. know they're not going to be and reskilling them in code is not necessarily the answer yeah they're not, not going to be 100 percent satisfied with uh with just getting basic income instead of their regular car driving wage yeah but they'll definitely be more satisfied uh, with a with a basic income that at least helps them, you know, continue to support their family if they have one, for instance, as yeah. opposed to uh, just saying, "Well, find a learn to code, mate, find another job." You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I um. There was this interesting thing. Was it was it Andrew Yang talking about um, when 
uh, in having a different comp- model. This is like going back to companies, like having a different model for a company so that uh, every person who works at that company owns a small piece of that company. And that's how you might get around the automation issue. Because say if you're a truck driver, you own a small portion of the trucking company. When they move over to the automation, you stop working. But then you, but you retain, retain your share in that company. And, yeah. then, and then still benefit from the thing you helped build with your labor. I can't imagine the, the wealth of the dividends earnable on those shares would be anywhere near as much as the wages would be for, for driving the truck. You know what I'm saying? I'm not sure if that was the suggestion or if you got a percentage of the profit of the company for the rest of your life hmm. because of your contribution to its startup. It seemed- I think that was more the suggestion. So you would have that like enforceable... You know, like the government would be mandating that. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a. there's no way that you could implement that very easily. No, I, I find that one. Like, but, um, like from, from the perspective of the owner of the business, they'd be like, well, I, I, I made this thing. And, you know, like, why, why should I continue to pay this former employee of 20 years ago, you know, for, 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 for doing nothing in the current state of the business? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because that that would be the situation, right? Every former employee. I mean, employee they would obviously up. wouldn't get as much as the owner. Mm. But you're right. There would be people who would be annoyed, but it's just like. But you can accumulate a lot of people who have worked for a business over a long period of time, yeah. and if every one of them has like a slither of this giant pie of the business, a are they going to be getting enough out of that? And b like is that going to be taken too much from the i mean that kind of model would require a societal change as well in like what you regard as who deserves the money because one person can't start a truck driving business by themselves you know they are useless without the people who help them build the company in the first place so they do add a certain value that's not just like their immediate um deliverables they're getting you to a certain point by helping you climb that ladder might have to introduce you to Lindsay fox because i'm fairly sure he made a trucking company by himself <laughs> did he yeah not by himself Lin though fox. <laughs> it's a it's a company yeah it's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what you don't you don't think he got to the point where he, he was driving all the trucks himself and he's like oh, this is actually a really bad idea i'm not gonna be able to do anything <laughs> yeah no i mean i'm with you like he obviously would have had to have expert advice plus capital plus you know like there's there's a few things that go into you know, starting a successful business, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it was like um, someone asked this question of Mark, of, of, um, have you heard of Mark Cuban? He's a billionaire. Um, no. Pretty charismatic billionaire. I don't think so. Someone asked him this question. It was something like, um, hey, how can I uh, start my own business with, uh, with, with, with no money and, um, you know, no, no experience in it and, uh, and, and no no experts no no friends who are experts who can give me free advice yeah and <laughs> and mark he was like you don't you, uh, you don't start a business if those are your conditions like what are you talking about <laughs> those are probably the worst conditions you're gonna have for starting yeah, a business I know, yeah. right? <laughs> it's like yeah no shit you're not gonna be able to do anything if you don't have any money <laughs> uh 
yeah unfortunately like all businesses require some sort of a startup cost so it's like it, that's that's the whole thing about entrepreneurship it's like you're taking a real risk because you're going to be dropping at least like 10 grand on on this, yeah. on this idea i mean it's great though because you you're investing in yourself and the reward can be much greater you're more likely to if, work hard for it yeah because it is all on you yeah 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 that's the thing maybe you know maybe you are putting more effort in just because it's your idea and you feel passionate about it yeah that that can be a real driving force that gets you to a point that someone else might not be able to get to now do you think that force would still be as present if that money was instead coming from the government you you'd you'd saved maybe you know 10 percent of your basic income every month and then that was your startup like i'm fairly sure you'd still be pretty invested in your own ideas and your own business right yeah I mean, it's hard to say for someone like for someone like me. I'm I'm not anti basic income. I feel like you're trying to convince me. What you need is someone who's anti basic income on the podcast that you can have an argument with because I'm not really that opposed to it. Bronson so. Walker, come on down. <laughs> <laughs> Bronson from the previous podcast. That was a good episode. Yeah, episode good five. Fun. Good stuff. Yeah. Go go check out a a, a, a long conversation about philosophy of uh, a few different topics. <laughs> it's good fun yeah so yeah no it would be great i think it's great for creative people Mm. um because that's probably the thing that's hardest to monetize and um yeah it's it's yeah it's it's a hard one i mean it's 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 kind of a little bit frustrating i've been i've been like into the idea of a basic income since like 2013 or something like that it's probably when i was badging your your eardrums about it at first but uh like where, where we're at now is the this guy is running on a platform with it, but he's only getting like 4% of the Democratic nominee vote. Like, <laughs> mm. it's unlikely, very unlikely that he'll be the nominee. It's most likely it'll be either Biden or Sanders. He's a rather small candidate, isn't he? Yeah. 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 He's, he's done so well for for what it is, you know, for, for just the, um, you know, upstart, you know. I'm a candidate now and then he goes and gets a whole bunch of people following him online do you reckon he's like got that. like racial backlash grassroots stuff seeing as he's an Asian you know what there actually is are there gonna be people going show us your passport mate <laughs> <laughs> there's actually um, I didn't interesting you mentioned that because there actually is like um, a bit of a cultural bias that we have towards uh, um, Asians in in, uh, in western culture like apparently um, Harvard uh, have like a bias against them in choosing who's gonna, um, you know, be a uh, be a freshman this year or whatever. You know? How do you know that? They can't just outright say that to people, can no, they? No, no, no. It's, it was found in their. Uh, <laughs> I don't know that shit. I shouldn't just randomly bring this up and not have any. Uh, yeah, the Harvard <laughs> Harvard executives are gonna come down on you, boy. Yeah, yeah. Harvard's gonna Harvard's gonna be suing the Space Cadets pod any moment now. <laughs> They're, they're going to be getting us into Harvard, I tell you what, when no, they hear this high quality analysis. They're, they're actually, um, allegedly, there was a, uh, there is like a bias against against the Asian students. What, due to like how many they have at their school? Well, they, they, they want, like if, if they were doing it purely based on test scores, if they were doing it purely based on, you know, um, academic success, then Harvard would be nothing but Asians. <laughs> and so they've had to they've had to make it more diverse than that yeah right and the only way to do that is to is to shun out a lot a lot of uh high achieving agents it's, it's true <laughs> that's you pretty can imagine rough. that right surely you can imagine i that. can i know 
like Asian people are generally stereotypically pretty good at um, maths learning. But is that always the case? I don't know. On average, uh, it's just it's just problematic when you when you're doing things like that when you're making decisions based on, you know, yeah, based based on ethnicity and stuff like. That. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that that's a that's a slippery slope. Like we've we've been we've done that before. I don't think it worked out that well. <laughs> in many cases yeah no that's pretty rough but why not let the um i I feel like it doesn't matter what race you are you should just let the best person at the job be the best person at the job should be purely based on how good merit yeah yeah and maybe if they didn't uh like um coddle the the white people of america and give them an easier shot into getting into harvard it might actually pressure them later in in like a decade to be like oh well no one's getting into harvard anymore it's all this all these just high achieving asian people maybe i'll try a bit harder and that would be better for the general population you know yeah do you reckon they'll be shunned by the uh the the old boys club of the uh the asians that are there then running the the campus or (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think what we've what we've reached here is that nothing's really perfect there's always going to be this like seesaw yeah. between uh, one side and the other side. It has to be based on merit. It has to be because otherwise you have the problem of, okay, what? how do we define Asian and, and stuff like that? You know what I mean? Like for in, the, in this context, we're talking, we're talking about like, you know, um, not, not allowing it. This is such a touchy subject, I reckon. Like, <laughs> we're going real. <laughs> how are those eggshells under your feet? Yeah, are, yeah. They, uh, are they cracking? Yeah, they're, they're cracking more by the second. <laughs> Um, but if, 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 if you, if you had to, you know, start, start basing it based on, you know, your, 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 your cultural background, right? Like, where are you drawing the lines for these things? Cause it's like, if you were Asian, but you were born in America, or if you were, you know, Asian, but you're only in Asia for like three years, the first three years of your life. And then you came to America, you know, like where, what, where, where are we drawing the line for what is, you know what I'm saying? Mm. That, that's where it becomes really problematic. Like, is it just based on look, you know, telling, telling what someone's Well, that's, that's what, I guess that's what we're is. saying is it shouldn't be based on anything like that. Yeah. It should just be based on how good you are at what, yeah, it, what you you're doing. You get yourself into way too much trouble if you start, if you start drawing lines like that. So yeah. it's much better to be just basing it purely on merit, purely yeah. on how, how, it's much how well be- It's better for everyone. It's better for the people who put the effort in to actually get to that point where they're really good. Yeah. And it's better for the country to receive a better... Yeah, uh, people in high, high of... positions because they, they worked harder for it. <laughs> you know, yeah, <laughs> seems to make sense to me. <laughs> Damn it, Harvard. Why do you suck? <laughs> why, why are you like this, Harvard? Yeah. I think we should message Harvard personally. It speaks to the greater <laughs> issue of like quotas and stuff like that. Like, you know, if you're saying like, oh, we're going to have, you know. Yeah. I don't, want to, I don't want to get into it too much, but you know. <laughs> If I, say, if I say quotas, that's probably enough, right? Let's <laughs> let, let's let's move on. We've been speculating about America for uh, thirty minutes now. I think we're we're moving on to the next topic. We speculating about America, or we speculating about the world at large? You know what I'm saying? Like, you're this isn't, this you're isn't speculating the... about America. <laughs> People can use it, be creative enough to use it as a metaphor apply, for the rest of the world. Apply but to their own scenarios. To the yeah. layman, it might just appear that you're having a rant about America's political state of affairs. I'm sure it'll definitely seem like I'm just having a rant because that's all it ever is. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. Uh, should we talk about uh, a topic that's a bit more a bit more light then? Hey, <laughs> instead of just like no, ram- I'm this heavy shit straight down I our listeners' I, throats. I don't mind. The listeners can take it. They're stronger than you think. Yeah. Yeah. You reckon they can handle these real saucy saucy topics? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's why people listen to this. Do do people listen to this? I don't know. I don't know. I think we've got about 15 people who listen on a regular basis. That's fantastic. So, I, I, I thank you I'd to like you. to shout out to those guys. Thank you to <laughs> those 15. Appreciate you. We're yeah. having a great time doing it. We've had listeners from all over the place, man. We've had listeners from Canada and Estonia. What about the US? Yeah, yeah, not, yeah. Not like, anymore now no, that like, we've been shitting on their political yeah. system for 30 minutes. Oh, no. But some, someone, you know, you, we, we, we mentioned Trump in the title and there's definitely going to be American listeners. I'm sure that's how it works, right? <laughs> We've got about 17% US, I think. The funny thing about the internet is, Matt, that um, people love uh, people who aren't educated on topics talking about those topics extensively. Yeah. They love listening to it. Yeah, that's it. And that's what just what we're trying to do. Just We're just trying to bring some more love to the internet. So, tell us, tell us, your, uh, tell us your real, uh, you know, <laughs> your real deep thoughts on uh, whether or not we're in a simulation then, buddy. <laughs> is this where we're going if you want to we don't have to are we in a simulation yeah that's a question it's ridiculous what is the simulation question i don't agree you don't you think there's no should... chance that we're in a simulation no uh, it's just the kind of people okay so the kind of people oh. okay oh <laughs> what do you mean you people um so we're, we're just going to break down simulation theory if you haven't heard of it is that um we are running we're, it's basically if you've seen the matrix which I guess was the inception for this idea. If you haven't seen The Matrix, what are you doing with what your are you life? Doing? <laughs> it's basically everyone is sitting in tanks uh, on, in a different reality where their brain is being fed. Like bathtubs. Yeah, they're in like little juby bathtubs yeah. with a goop. Mm, goop, goopy bathtubs. I love the word goop. Ugh. Yeah, it just... It just so, conjures up a, a viscous liquid Yeah, the consistency of snot. Yeah. <laughs> Viscosity of snot. <laughs> Everyone's sitting in goop with a uh, with a cord in the back of their head and that a bunch is, of wires attached to them. Is relaying sensory, auditory, uh, visual, um, every kind of sense is is telling them that they're in a world that doesn't exist but lives inside a computer. Yeah. Now that's just the depiction of what the weir- the real world world could be. We don't know what don't, the real exactly. world is. Yeah, we don't exactly. actually know what that. We might not even have this appearance yeah. in the real world. Yeah, it wouldn't matter. The best, um, the best argument for simulation theory I've heard came from Elon Musk, and he basically just said, "Well, look at how, like, games development has come so far. We used to, like, in the '80s, we had Pong, uh-huh. you know, and now you're playing this like photorealistic first-person shooter with just like insane graphics and lighting and everything, right? Mm. And so if you keep going down that track." basically there's two there's two things that are possible either we will eventually create a simulation that is as good as the world that we live in or we will die out before that happens that's basically the two options and so if that was the case then the chances that we're already in said simulation as opposed to having this reality be as crazy as we've perceived it to be might might not be so you know it really saddens me that Elon's on board with simulation theory because I thought he was he's basically like 
a scientist rock star, right? Pretty much. He's like he's a rock star <clears throat> of the of the twenty first century who is famous for his work with engineering and science and just going leaps and bounds in that community. And the whole point of adopting a scientific way of thinking is that you only you don't you don't have this god complex that there was something that created you 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 base everything on what you've seen and like recording information and facts and data right and simulation theory is just replacing the idea that there is a god with something else that's that's what it's saying it's like there's there there's mu- a maker there must be a there's maker, a maker. Yeah. whoever made our world. Well, that is kind of like saying there's a god yeah saying that well there's a we're we're just this is just like a there's no proof to it mm. and and he's i don't know if he re- seriously believes that we could be in a simulation technically we could be i guess but there's no point in saying that it's it's almost like saying technically there could be a god you know you can't disprove it <laughs> well technically we could be in a simulate simulation you can't disprove that either you know okay it's, i see where you're coming from it's just diving into um I don't know. It could all be code, though. Pointless territory. Like the, the, the wood that we're, you know, on the table that we're touching here. It could be. Yeah. It could have all been created by a, a man in a big white coat. It doesn't matter, dude. It's here. <laughs> we're present. We're figuring this thing out, but we're figuring it out with what's in front of us right now. We're not figuring it out with our imaginations. Objective. <laughs> <laughs> gotta be objective. You gotta be objective. Look at the facts. No, it's an interesting theory, though, isn't it? Like, it because... That it does have some it does have some credence to it. If we could eventually create a a simulation as good as the reality that we're living in, yeah, then there's a there's a there's a chance that we're already in in that. You know what I mean? Isn't doesn't that doesn't that line of logic make sense? It makes sense as a concept, but do you think it's a really high unlikelihood? But, but it's it's as much. It doesn't matter if it's a if it's a high unlikelihood or not. It either is or isn't it's happening, right? So, it either is happening or it isn't happening. Mm. We're never going to be able to prove that it is or isn't happening. So, it's as much uh, fantasy as any other creation theory that exists. <laughs> Damn it. All right. You might have got me there. <laughs> <laughs> or are you... You're right. Pro- no, it's unprovable. It's like, it's totally unprovable. So, like, therefore, why, why even... It goes back to the... To, to philosophy even when you start talking about simulation theory just because it has to do with computers doesn't mean that it's like science it's like a different <laughs> way of explaining the way the universe works just because like just because you can use the word code it doesn't mean that it's any more real man that just shatters my entire universe <laughs> <laughs> i like the idea that you know i love the matrix i think it's a great movie and yeah, sure, it might be possible to create a simulation. But to start thinking about maybe the, the fact that the world's a simulation, I mean, it's just it's just speculation, isn't it? Yeah, well, but fundamentally, like, whether whether the world is a simulation or isn't probably shouldn't change the way that you act within the world. No. So, it's just, it's, it's hypothetical speculation But anyway. it might. See, if you start thinking about thinking too much, you're just removed from reality, aren't you? So, you know, if you start thinking, why am I thinking? And that's the thought that you're having. And you're probably just a bit dense and you're not getting much done. <laughs> <laughs> no, not saying you're dense. It's very... it's very. Uh, oh, no, no, not me specifically. Not you specifically. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I get what you're saying. Um, but, I mean, like, how much time are you actually going to spend thinking about 
that stuff. That's like, right. Really. You may as well. Are you going to spend 24 hours thinking about you it? You may as well have a think about it. If you if you enjoy thinking about it, then that's probably not a waste of time, is it? I don't think that's a bad thing if you're on a tram on the way to work and you're just casually pondering your existence. So I don't think that's like... <laughs> That should be outlawed. I love pondering my existence. <laughs> You're going to get the thought, not, thought police in here? You're going to be... None of this thinking about simulation theory. You're going straight to prison. <laughs> yeah. No, you're, you should know, you're be able right. to think what you like. <laughs> but yeah, no, I get, I get what you're I saying. I didn't... Uh, yeah, no. I, I, I do like thinking about existence. I don't find simulation theory um, particularly, particularly as stimulating as you. But I think it's just because I'm not into games. I think that's all it is, you know. That might be it. That you know, might be it. It's not as fun of a fun of an idea for me. But here's the thing: if you're like, just say you 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 just start thinking about simulation theory way too much, and then you just start accepting that we're in a simulation. If you change the way that you act, like to be to be more, um, I don't know how would you say, like spontaneous, a bit more uh, risky, a bit more like wild with it, because you've already accepted that the world is a simulation. That might not necessarily be a, a, a good path. You're right. Oh, oh, I thought you were saying that was going to be good. What, to be more risky? Yeah. Well, it depends on what the risks are, I guess. If you've just been making stupid risks like, you know, taking a... Well, yeah, you didn't define your risks, but yeah. like generally being more risky is better for you. I think you should take more risks. Like the you average should person more should like be taking more risks. Social yeah. risks, professional risks, you know, like they can have higher reward or whatnot. Yeah, no, I think risk-taking is, uh, risk is taking good, but is, you got to be also good at like calculating is, what the risk actually is, you know? Yeah, fair enough. What are, the, what are the chances that a bad outcome happens and then what's the impact of such a bad outcome, you know? Yeah. Make a matrix of it, you know? A risk matrix. <laughs> Back to the matrix. I think uh, risk, I don't know, uh, maybe I'm confusing risk with confidence because I think confidence is very important. Just putting yourself out there. Which can be like called taking a risk and being confident. I've got the perfect segue for this because we're talking about risk. Give it to me. Alex Honnold. Has it started raining? I can hear that. I can hear that rain. It's It's raining. It's really moody on this podcast. We had birds chirping before. Yeah. And now it's, there's a nice pitter patter. This is our soft and sensual podcast where you hear nothing but the meditative raindrops on the concrete outside. Have you heard of Alex Honnold? Yes. So Alex Honnold for those who haven't heard of him he uh was making major news recently because he uh he free soloed el capitan for the first time anyone's ever done that which is just bananas what that means he's a climber he's a rock climber but he climbs without ropes and he climbed el capitan which is like i think it's like 1100 meters above the valley floor you know, it's this giant rock face cliff in uh, Yosemite Valley in California. Yeah. And he just climbed this thing without ropes. He's your role model. No, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I don't want to risk my life like that, bro. But if you could. But this is where it comes but in. But that's the thing. He, this 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 guy who was free climbing rocks, he didn't, he knew the risk and he knew he wasn't going to fall, right? Well, this is exactly it. His, his attitude towards it was... There is a very big difference between risk and consequence. The consequences of what I'm doing are extremely high because it's literally death. Yeah. But the risk to me is quite low because I've studied this route. I've climbed it over and over and over again with ropes, with safety. Over and over and over again. I know every single move. I have it all plotted out in my head perfectly. I have notebooks filled with information on 
you know, what exact move has to be done at what exact moment and stuff like that. So to me, there is no risk really, because I I know I'm 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 purely confident in in my abilities to do this. It's it's simply the consequences are really high. Yeah, I'll say. But I just thought that's a bizarre way of looking at it because it's like, well, isn't that doesn't that mean it's like medium risk? You know, because the consequences are so high, you got to yeah. Well, that's the thing that. as your as your risk uh, as your consequences go up you know, the less risk you should be willing to take. So they're kind of like going in different directions on your graph or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's like two different axes. Yeah. So it's like, if you've got really high consequence, you should be considering that a higher overall risk. I think death is probably the highest consequence you can have. Well, technically there's like a death consequence with a lot of stuff. You know what I mean? (laughs) Driving your car to work. Actually, you're right. There's a death consequence there. Like there is. Because if you're driving in a hundred zone and then you smash into someone else who's going a hundred in the other direction, that's death. You're right. So maybe it is a bit uh, irrational. The sort of like fear of heights and things that aren't always necessarily more dangerous than driving your car, but you just don't, you know, you don't feel that consequence for some reason. Well, here's the thing though. Like you would still prefer... Like you would still consider it lower risk to drive down to the shops than you would to fucking free solo a freaking mountain, you know? Maybe not for Alex Honnold. Maybe he's really bad at driving. He probably is. I mean, he's... He's, he's, he's he spent all his time climbing rocks. He's not yeah. good in the car. Uh, exactly. No, actually, no, that's not, that's, not, that's not true. He was going around in his van for a long time. Really? Like, yeah, he was living out of his van. Oh, just well, van drivers, classic, terrible drivers. <laughs> no, I'd actually love a van. Especially on mountain great. passes, slow, slow fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> would, you, would you ever get a van? Would I get one? Yeah. Depends on uh, what my... <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, no, I would, I would. But I don't think I'd get one, like, in the near future. I think it'd be fun for camping and whatnot. I think you could do that, like, later, later down the track, and it'd be... No, man, I want to do it now, right? (laughs) Go for it, man. You're a bloody digital nomad. You don't need to. You're not restrained by any physical location. We're both digital nomads. We could have a podcast studio in our van. Well, I won't be for long, but that's beside the point. (laughs) I'll be stuck in Melbourne. (laughs) Working working life. Working, making making paper. That's where it's at. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, um, yeah, but back to to Alex Honnold. He, He... he, he doesn't actually have fear like he they did they ran tests on him and they basically determined that his fear response is like one one hundredth of the average person's if that makes sense i wonder does he does he have um is he a bit of um is he a bit awkward socially yeah he's certainly certainly so got do a you reputation because you can have awkward. different kinds of fear i guess you can have like social anxiety does he not have that either or is that an, on a different spectrum uh, yeah, actually, you make a good point. Uh, is that considered is it, fear, though? Is like, there, like, fear of anxiety, danger and it? then fear of, you know, like it can embarrassment? Be, it can be explained as being fear, but I don't think it's literally a fear response that you have. So, like, when he's climbing this mountain, he might actually just be embarrassed if he fell off. Instead of being scared of dying, he'd just be like, oh, that was embarrassing. I just fell, like, 400 meters and killed myself. How awkward. Yeah. No, I, I mean... <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just derailing your story. No, no, no. You're all good. You're all good. I just, I just uh, lost lost track of my next, my next, my minute, my next bit. So I'll get just, back on the mountain, dude. Come on. I'm, I'm, I'm trying, man. I'm get trying. your next hold. <laughs> reach for it. Reach for the side pool. Have you been rock climbing recently? 
I have, yeah, a little bit, yeah. Nice. It's good fun. Getting yeah. outdoors. It's good for the soul, mm. you know? Just camping is good, you know? Oh, it's great. Like uh, camping and then doing physical exercise every day. So hiking or whatever. Like mm. that's just... Oh my god! You That's come, a must. I did that. I did that once for like. You I just went, feel so much better being out for the day. Yeah. Uh, last year I went to the Blue Mountains. Like so, it was an epic road trip to get up there. But we were up there for like you know a few days. Mm. I was so happy when I came home, as in like just my general mood had been lifted. Yeah. Like to the max, just because I, I wasn't even eating that well, but I was just outdoors all the time, sleeping like you know rough and you know exercising every day, and it just completely changed my total outlook on everything yeah like there's definitely a problem it's, where, it's what humans are meant to be doing just walking around finding food yeah it's just that we've given ourselves all these extra tasks <laughs> that yeah. don't really pertain to our nature but but like we're know. living we're able to live such comfortable lives right now like you know in in so, indoors you know yeah. with all these luxuries but like, that's the thing we think it's comfortable but it's actually doing ourselves it's doing us a disservice it, yeah, it is. emotionally it is totally yeah like um yeah, no, like I'm, I'm, like we, you can just get up, go to the food, uh, go to the fridge for food, you know, stuff. <laughs> well, we got to go to the food box. Yeah, go to the, the food box. <laughs> go yeah. to the food library. Food library. <laughs> food library. <laughs> you know what yeah. say it? Food libraries. <laughs> it's called a grocery store. <laughs> um, yeah. Yes. So, uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's so true though, because um, we, we, we're, we're we're living in such in such such luxury that we're not required to do any exercise to live. You know, usually back in tribal days, we had to do exercise just in order to catch that catch that gazelle so we could eat that night. You know what I mean? Like it was necessary, and so that was. A, I don't think uh, you would catch a gazelle every night. I think a gazelle is a sometimes food. Well, it's an everyday food then. I don't know berries, nuts, go foraging. Yeah, yeah, it's not probably not wrong but i think i think between like a tribe of you know however many people like what do you got a tribe of 100 people at the moment too we've got a little tribe right now going but if you've got a tribe of 100 the smallest people, possible tribe right now wouldn't it make sense to get a gazelle every night and then just split it up between 100 people you wouldn't get much of the gazelle how big, okay. the, how big is the gazelle? Is it a baby gazelle? Is it like a fully grown gazelle? I don't know if you've ever tried to eat an entire gazelle by yourself, but... I have, <laughs> so... Not possible. <laughs> <laughs> when was the last time you ate some gazelle? I haven't tried gazelle. You haven't tried gazelle? I've tried a few interesting things. I've tried, um, I've tried goat. That's all right. It's like kind of tough, but it was still pretty tasty. Yeah. I've tried... Kangaroo. Kangaroo, crocodile... You've had crocodile. Yeah. Crocodile. Have you had crocodile? I've never had crocodile. Is it tough? It it's, looks like it would it be tough. It kind of sucks. It's like a, a chicken that is not as flavorsome as chicken. <laughs> well, we haven't been, you know, genetically engineering these chickens. I mean, so these these crocodiles over, over, you know, a long time like we have with chickens. You reckon chickens once tasted like crocodile and now they taste like sex. Chickens have been <laughs> pumped with hormones, bro. Like hardcore. Like that's probably why we're growing taller. Yeah. Don't you reckon? Like humans grow taller over time. Like my great grandfather was short as shit compared to me. Is that true? It's true. I know um, humans differ in size averages between countries as well. Mm. Should we look at the chicken intake 
of some countries compared to the others in yeah. correlation with the height of the average individual. When I said it's true, all I meant that was true is that, you know, humans keep growing taller each generation. What I don't know is true is the uh, the bit about <laughs> the bit about chicken uh, hormones making that the case. I think it would be just general better, um, you know, diets that, that contribute to that, right? Yeah, probably. Like your overall diet is probably better than your great-grandfather's was because he was eating, you know, potatoes in the trenches. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, big time. But um, so what can we do about this? If we've got a problem where our society is getting overall more depressed because the conditions that we've created are just too perfect. It's like living as a king. Yeah. Um, on, on, you bet, bet everyone's doing it, you know. What do you do to get people back into... Uh, good healthy spirit you know what i'm saying don't know dude do you mandate exercise <laughs> <laughs> i think uh if you're unhappy and you're doing something that's making you unhappy that's kind of on you isn't it yeah it but is it, a bit. it is a sort of on the country though because it lowers everyone's spirits and all that so maybe we should mandate 30 minutes of daily exercise i don't see that being a bad thing I know. Who's, I don't see that being a plausible thing. I don't see who's in your house cracking the whip. Yeah, yeah. Who's 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 doing that? Is that is you're going to have government agents coming out to everyone's houses like you haven't you you, you know your Fitbit or whatever hasn't hasn't yeah, moved that's today. Yeah. Like you, your Google Home could tell you. You're like it would be like Hal from 2001: A Space yeah. Odyssey. Just be like Matthew. Time for your daily run. You haven't been outside today, Matthew. Okay, Google, I'm going for a run. And then just like go off and smoke some darts. <laughs> Come back. Matthew, I tracked your phone GPS while you were out for your run. It didn't seem like you got very far. Would you like to try again, Matthew? Why do you smell like smoke, Matthew? <laughs> My- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> bit yeah. much, bit much. I don't know if we can handle... Uh, you know that level of ai interference with our own personal uh you know yeah well that's the thing like there's so much you could do with it that would just um control people a lot more for example if someone's got their phone in the car the computer knows if it's a 60 zone or an 80 zone and it knows your speed because of the GPS. You could just ditch out speeding fines to people on their phones. Bro, straight up. This is... You don't have to have speed cameras anymore. You know the instant someone's speeding yeah. anywhere in the world. This is no like This is something... This is some discussion that they're actually having having in, uh, in, in like... So many people get pinged. Dude. Imagine yeah. going to an area and not like missing a speed sign. Yeah. And... <laughs> and then you're screwed. Yeah. Now, someone asked my dad about this and he, he gave him like a really... A really like long email. There's something I've always thought about. Idea, I don't, I don't think know? I've ever talked about this uh, to, with it's, anyone. But it's not good. That's not good. Did someone? Wait. What do you mean? What was your dad involved? This is top secret stuff. But there was. Well, a, why are you talking about it? <laughs> <laughs> right, you're right. This is this is getting broadcasted on the interwebs. This anyway, cease firing over here. Let's, but let's, I'm just saying there's a discussion that's going on about that sort of thing in, in the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, damn. Why is it a bad idea then? Tell me why it's a bad idea. Mm. Yeah, no, you're right. I don't have a. I don't have a. <laughs> I mean, I, I, it would suck. 
I it think suck. it sucked, but I definitely watch my speed all the time. Well, I don't think the GPS speed is necessarily the most accurate. Oh, it's great. It's great, but it's not. Have you looked at it? On Are you talking about using like Google Maps and like using the little speed limit down the corner? GPS just knows how fast you're going. Forget about Google Maps or whatever, you know, like my, I don't know. So you're saying it's better at telling your speed than your own car is? Well, it tells you an accurate speed. Your car's like downgraded, but yeah. Yeah, that's, that's funny how that happens and everyone knows about it and just goes above their own car's limits. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, I don't know, dude, but like they could put in a buffer. You know, they already do. If they catch you doing a certain speed, they go like, okay, we'll shave off four, four kilometers per hour for like mis miscalculation or something. And then if you're still over the limit, then you can suck it. You've, uh, you've just got a speeding fine. They could do the exact same thing. Just these bloody revenue collectors out here, mate. Just taking all of our cash. Yeah. That's all it is. But yeah, I did. I have had a phone in the past that just like skips sometimes. <laughs> what do you mean it skips? Like the GPS isn't very good. So it thinks you're in one spot. And yeah, then and suddenly, then it just jumps. Yeah. And then I don't know if they'd ping you. They're yeah, like, you just that's went the, that's four, what I meant by you just tempor- went 400 kilometers yeah. an hour for two seconds. That's what I meant you're by okay. GPS is temperamental. It's because it's like, you know, I've, I've been, I've been driving along and it's kind of like, takes a while to, for it to figure out what's happening or if you go under like yeah. a tunnel or something like that you know maybe people's phone gps's aren't quality enough i know that regular gps's are great like i've got i've got a tom na- tom kind of thing i got yeah i got a nav man and it tells you your speed and it's super accurate yeah right know. it's like instantaneous but hmm i don't know it's it's an interesting one i don't think it's i don't think it's that great if we're just you know like where is that money going <laughs> you know what i mean right <laughs> like can we have a discussion about that <laughs> because this is this is like you know we're talking but about there's money going police or something right right we're talking about the the state police taking taking those funds yeah what have we seen them turning that into like as far as i can tell it's just you know getting getting like you know basically like military grade equipment for them and stuff like that i don't think that's necessarily good for a uh <laughs> a non-totalitarian society if you catch my drift Mm. i don't think that's a great you know well the revenue collection that comes from uh speeding fines and fines in general is pretty extravagant it'd be ridiculous considering it's like dissuade like rich people don't care about getting a fine they'll just do it anyway they get demerits as well you get demerits as well there used to be a um depending on what kind of fine it is yeah there used to be a like a loophole there that um that people would be using where they would um sign their car up to the company right they'd make it a company car and then they'd um go and speed a bunch right and so they'd collect fines for it which they're rich they don't care about but they'd also collect demerit points for it and so you would have to um identify who the driver was you'd have to nominate the driver but if you just didn't do that like they'd eventually just send a fine to the to the company for mm. not nominating a driver and but they they never end, end up being demerits for the individual. Oh, right. So you could just do it forever and as long as you're happy to pay high bills yeah. or your company's happy to ha- pay high bills and you're fine. And obviously a company can't have demerits because a company doesn't drive. It's a yeah. mystical creation. Companies are super weird, man, because we do treat them like individuals in a lot of ways, but at the same time like it's no one. It's like a this is like why there's so many, so many problems like legally that people get into with this stuff, you know? Yeah. It's like the if the company's like if someone in the company's been dumping, you know, companies sludge are in like, the river to save money. 
like whose fault is that yeah. you know what i mean yeah it's like can the ceo be entirely held responsible for that because he's the executive of operations companies are weird it's like they're like our current gods at the moment in, <laughs> become in, that hey in this time in history like instead of the god the sun god ra it's like maccas or something apple you yeah. know something that exists but it doesn't really exist you know it's just an idea and a group of people doing something there's nothing tangible about it and you can't attack it without a bunch of people protecting it yeah i don't know people shit on companies all the time actually they're not like held with the same you know <laughs> um high high uh standard of uh value as uh as gods were you know or are but they have similar levels of power wouldn't you agree <laughs> what, striking striking people down with their lightning <laughs> they have, they have not- more power than gods man <laughs> Well, they've got power because they've got money, you know. And back in the day, religion had money as well. And okay. that's how it gained its power. You're talking about power. compared to the church institutions? Perhaps, yeah. Okay. For example. Fair enough. Well, the church the church used to do some some pretty shady shit to collect revenue as well, you know. They used to be, you know, extorting people out of out of cash for, um, like, saying that they're going to they're gonna go to um, prison if they don't, you know. Not not prison, sorry. They're going to they're gonna end up in, what's it called, purgatory? Right. Yeah. You know. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. That was like real common around. That's why the Luther. That's why the whole uh, Martin Luther, um, the Lutheran Church, like split off and stuff like that, mm-hmm. because of stuff like that that was going on, where the church was basically saying, "Well, if you don't make like you know massive donations to the church on a regular basis, you'll go to purgatory." Yeah. So people just getting like, "Oh shit, better not go there." I don't want to end up in purgatory. No, that would suck. <laughs> Take my my month's wages, church, please. Purgatory is basically like an old Renaissance painting where everyone's freaking out and getting attacked by little uh, demons and stuff like that. And yeah. everyone's naked and they're all like, oh, making horrified faces. Yeah. Like a rena- getting, old Renaissance paintings. Yeah. yeah. You're getting like stones thrown at you. God, there's some great, there's some great paintings that have been done over, the, over time, hey? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I, a, uh, I don't know why the people in old paintings just look so creepy they just don't look that much like people why were people so bad at drawing people in the past i don't think because people look like they like they do now yeah but they didn't look that different they didn't look like you know they look alien but there was like different things that we found attractive back then and stuff you know yeah that's true so we did accentuate different things yeah it's just weird to see different preferences i guess i don't know I don't know. But, I mean, you see people doing, like, photorealistic drawings now. And pretty much most people can do it. You know, why was it so hard for someone in the 1800s <laughs> with, like, years and years of training to draw this, like, creepy-looking freak, you know? Are they that weird? What, 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 I don't understand. Well, they, they don't, don't have extra arms or anything, do they? Like, I don't know. You don't know? They, they own, you know that they don't have extra they arms. They don't have... They don't, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I'm trying to say. But uh, they've got... There's a certain style to them. They're not like... They're not just 100% realistic, are they? Paintings. I'm being very broad in general, but you know, like paintings of old people. Paintings of people from the past in Renaissance times. It still felt like they had a sense of humor because even though paintings and stuff are considered like, um, you know, quite highbrow or were considered to be like quite highbrow things like along with piano and a few other, you know, Mm. you know, uh, what what do you call that? 
They did have a sense of humor in paintings because they, they, they just had ridiculous things going on in these paintings. Yeah. And I think it's, it's, it's nice to see because humor's changed as well. Comedy was probably very different back then. Comedy, it- comedy used to be aligned with tragedy. You know, they used to be very similar things. You know, a comedy didn't always just mean everything was lighthearted, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah. yeah. Comedy tragedy. Well, the original comedies were like pretty tragic stories. Yeah. Yeah. I can't think of an example, but yeah. I'm, I'm looking for a specific Renaissance painting because it's like this. <laughs> Again, with the, uh, the visual content for the, for the podcast. <laughs> I'm just trying to... <laughs> <laughs> We're going to talk about paintings on this podcast. The one thing you can't see. <laughs> uh, what is she pouring? She, uh, you can look it up if you've got your phone handy. I, I just what painting a, uh, are you finding? I'm sorry, I've gone, I've gone deadly silent. No, I'm not going to find it. Matt's looking through it. pictures. There's like a guy. There's, got, there's like a guy who's like dressed as like an accordion, and he's like come on guys like you know pointing to his watch like let's 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 make a move and then there's like another two people and like one of them's this guy like pouring a like a bucket of filled with like pears like straight into this girl's pants like into the back of her pants like just pulling open her waistband and pouring in like a bucket of pears oh yeah it doesn't make any sense at all it's like the strangest like painting i've ever seen i couldn't stop laughing at it i was just thinking like man those these renaissance guys they had a great sense of humor I don't, know, I don't understand what's happening, but I love it. <laughs> do you think it was funny to them, or do you think that they were just like, "Oh yes, this is a, this is perfect"? <laughs> like, how can you how can you make something like that and think that that's like a? It's crazy. It's like abstract, but abstract art these days just doesn't look like anything. It's abstract, but like the things going on are abstract rather than the image itself. Well, what's abstract art today? We're just talking about like a bunch of splashes of color and stuff like that. Yeah, it's just bullshit. It's just it's like. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you call splashes of flame splashes of paint flaming on abstract art? No, no. I mean, <laughs> it's more about color and composition and um, form and shape rather than depiction. Yeah, it's not it's about more actually about, getting a. It's more about the principles of this is pretty rather dry <laughs> analysis of abstract art. It's more about like the principles of art rather than trying to represent something in the real world. Yes. Yeah, I'm with yeah. you. And making something effective, but effective because of how it looks rather than what it contains. Now, do you think that we're going away from an, an, an obsession with painting slash drawing photorealistic things because we now have cameras that can just straight up perfectly show you what that is? Um, so, for instance... Maybe, but I think photorealism is kind of like really big now. Yeah, no, it is. For some reason. There's still like a lot of that stuff. It's more more like, oh my God, a human drew that. That's why it it exists. Yeah, you're right. That's why it's a thing at the moment. You're absolutely right. It's not not for the purpose of like, for instance, like back back in the day, you would have the king would commission, you know, um, paintings of his wife or something like to be hung in the hall, Mm. you know, because like, you know, you you can't just take a photo of it and blow it up and put it on the wall. Right, you know. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. So it's like that side of it's been replaced because people aren't doing photorealistic stuff, you know. In order to yeah. show that, they're, they're it's not a necessity. Yeah, well, they can but do a better job with cameras. So there is a market sort of on the internet for people and people going like, "Oh my god, I can't believe someone did that." Yeah, no, I've seen I've seen a bunch of that stuff and it's great. It's yeah. it's really awesome. Oh, shit, you've got some excellent photo photo photorealistic drawings. Yeah, I kind of so. I kind of moved away from it. There's only so much you can do 
when you're just drawing photorealistically because it's like, well, uh, after a while, you don't develop a style. You just sort of you're are just able mimicking to, You're just mimicking what's there, yeah. the, the real world. And that's cool, but, you know, it's not... Which is which is why Renaissance paintings are different. They don't. They're not photorealistic. They're 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 stylistic. They're more realistic than say Egyptian paintings, but it's still a style. It's still like a way of drawing mm. that isn't really connecting with the real world a hundred percent. I don't think they're called paintings. Uh, the ancient Egyptian ones are just called um, comics, right? <laughs> are they called comics? No. What are you talking about? <laughs> you're, not, you're not talking about hieroglyphs, are you? I'm not talking about hieroglyphs. I'm talking about ancient egyptians had paintings they had like ra and stuff with the with the heads and you know how everyone's standing on their side doing the classic egyptian yeah, hand yeah, movement yeah the comic book shit yeah comic book shit yeah 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 <laughs> that stuff does not look like uh you know <laughs> oh That's, no it's art it, it's art what am i talking about it is art it's totally art but it's it's got like a comic edge to it. It's really cool. Yeah. yeah. But that's the thing. That's what I'm saying. It's a style and it's like further from reality than Renaissance painting. But Renaissance paintings are a style as well, you know. So do you reckon they built the built the pyramids or was that was that some aliens who came down before them? I saw this funny meme uh yesterday that I saved that was like oh, that it's it's also a picture, but I guess we'll just describe it to you. And it's a picture of um it's a picture of Thoth standing in the middle of the desert. And it, and it says like, you know what this place need? Big, big fucking triangle. Big fucking triangle. <laughs> <laughs> and then they built the pyramids. Obviously. Like a like an Egyptian art guy. <laughs> yeah, so good. Has he got like the ibis face? That's an ibis head. Yeah, I think this is Thoth. This Thoth particular. <laughs> Can you spell that one out for us? T H O T H. Thoth. I could be wrong. So where they got the word Thoth from? <laughs> What's what does that word mean? Do I really have to give a definition of the word thought? I don't know what it means. So yes, it's like uh, <laughs> no. Nah, I I don't want to. I don't want to give. I don't want to be the one to give a definition. I need. I need an urban dictionary definition it, of this. Is it profane? It's profane. <laughs> thought define <laughs> a woman who has many casual sexual encounters or relationships. <laughs> thought. <laughs> great story all right so <laughs> that's what his name is that's what his name is it's not it's thoth well with a h on the end actually i'm gonna look it up because i'm not sure it's just the combination of thought and sloth yeah <laughs> <laughs> anyway yeah do you th- wait are you saying did they build the pyramids or did aliens build the pyramids is no that I, I, you, I, i'm not actually gonna get are we that. gonna get into this no we shouldn't be getting into that i don't think it's i don't think it's that crazy to think that humans built the pyramids it's it's just the the only thing that's crazy about it is the timeline they, because that's like super super early on as far as what we know here is here he is thoth thoth t-h-o-t-h thoth is the egyptian god of writing magic wisdom and the moon that makes sense cool yeah, he doesn't sound like a thought, that's for sure. He's one of the most important gods of ancient Egypt, alternatively said to be self-created or born of the seed of Horus and the forehead of Set. There you go. The forehead of Set. Not 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 Set, just his forehead. Just his forehead. Yeah, his forehead had <laughs> mega powers. <laughs> no, but when it comes to the discussion about the pyramids, I think the reason that people can you know extrapolate a conspiracy out of it 
is simply because it's it's just crazy in terms of timeline because as far as we have it like our our records go back to basically the we we consider the start like right now we consider um the start of human civilization to be what what was going on in the fertile crescent mesopotamia around you know um i think it was like 6000 bc or something like that and the pyramids were built probably like 4000 bc or something like that yeah so it's like there's a lot of development that had to go go on in in a short period of time for us to get to the point where we're able to produce such amazing feats of engineering you know what i mean and have the organization of of even if it was slaves you know the organization of of labor to 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 make that happen on such a large scale you know what i mean and so that's why people come in like oh aliens probably did it then because how could humans have been so advanced at such a early time but this is why this is where like stuff egyptians are amazing i love egyptian culture yeah i think it's my favorite um historical culture i would say the better answer to that aspect of it though the fact that it seems too good for so early is that how do we know that that's where it started how do we know that it didn't go back earlier you know earlier than what earlier than like if if you there's there's some there's some sites that are uncovered earlier than mesopotamia yeah like just just like go go back to you know maybe an extra six thousand years prior to that or something like that yeah you know it's like i i uh, there's there's plenty of stuff that just didn't make it that far you know um or stuff that maybe is underwater now or stuff that you know um but there's this site that was only uncovered recently yeah but the fact that the pyramids did make it is a testament to the idea that they just might have been the best thing that people did around that time because, yeah well, no, it was, was the best thing that people did around that time yeah, yeah. for sure yeah for sure but like people people it's say extreme, oh it was aliens um it's because we couldn't have been that good at that time yeah well, it's, it's like, amazing well, that we were able to collaborate like that. Yeah, absolutely. Would you? Well, I mean, there there is like a boom in intelligence at some point, you know, and like basically we're building on the information we already have from the past, but we're not getting more intelligent. So maybe um, the level of intelligence uh, in in human beings is a little more fluid than we we think. We're standing on the shoulders of giants. We are. We are. Yes. So. So maybe at that time, maybe we did have a bit of a, a boom in intelligence. I don't know how it works, but yeah. Well, I mean, speculating just like simulation theory is. <laughs> well, here's here's where the speculation gets interesting because there's these dudes. Um, I could name drop a few. Graham Hancock is a massive proponent of it. He's like a, um, you know, a historian. Although I don't think he's an official historian. I don't think he's actually. Uh, <laughs> this is. Uh, is this another person on the s- internet who? Th- thinks he's qualified to talk about things like we are well i mean he has been studying it for a long time so he's definitely more qualified to speak about it than i don't know we we've been studying shit talking for a while yeah, yeah it was shit, we're pretty shit good mind. got a got a master's in shit talking <laughs> spent my whole life shit talking <laughs> and this is this is the this is the pinnacle of it right here this is the result this is what it's all been leading towards <laughs> yeah but anyways this graham hancock and there's some geologists like there's this guy robert shock and a few guys but they're, they're basically theorizing like well hang on a minute how do we how do we know that like what are we sure are we really that sure that you know our idea of advanced civilization is was only you know was that, did only come around uh, around that point like how do we know it wasn't back further and there's some evidence 
that kind of helps them along here for instance um the sphinx this is a big one the sphinx is like um you know it's eroded on the side of it and for for the longest of the time we had kind of just assumed that that was like wind erosion that was like you know wind and sand ripping out over time but um this geologist went and looked at it recently and was like hang on a minute that is not wind erosion that is water erosion so heck the sphinx have experienced you know water erosion if it's in the middle of the desert and it's like kind of part of this grander theory that you know um you know earth changes over time right um so like that area where egypt is may have once been a lot more fertile than it actually is but if that was the case that means the sphinx would have had to have been built a long a lot you know longer ago basically i'm amazed that they can't date the sphinx no they have dated it they have dated it what that you just think they just think now that they may have dated it incorrectly yeah that's what some people are saying yeah that's been dated incorrectly well recently um they decided that they had the eruption month of vesuvius in pompeii wrong mm. they just got it completely wrong so if, i wouldn't be surprised if you learnt it's like carbon uh, dating is if not- you learnt the date that vesuvius erupted in high school in the last 10 years then <laughs> it's probably not it's the not actual correct. date yeah <laughs> so funny um but it yeah. makes sense doesn't it because if you're doing something like you know it's trickier than it seems it's yeah. it's really tricky i don't, I don't to, even understand uh how carbon dating works really i wish i did understand it so i could you know fill you in there but uh unfortunately not <laughs> would you like me to google it <laughs> it's okay we'll save we'll save it for the next episode but um yeah i also read an article recently that a a rock from a much earlier f- form of the universe uh crashed into earth which is pretty cool this isn't the whole rock that caused the moon. What? Like not crashed into Earth. Sorry, there was a meteor that came from a a, a, the, a younger universe that has been around a lot longer than Earth has, and it ended up on our shores recently. Oh, really? Yeah. But how do you know that? Are they, study, are they studying it? Yeah. Studying this rock. It's probably a good idea. I'd stay. Yeah, I think people studied a lot of rocks. So that was from that rock, outer space. That rock is from a long, a lot earlier than Earth. Yeah. Is that basically it? It's been flying around for a long time. Yeah, that's and interesting. It's just suddenly decided to crash into us. Well, seems seems realistic. Yeah, I just don't understand. Uh, I, I, it's something I'd like to learn more about. Is just how people date rocks. What's what's in that, and what's in the rock that you can actually figure out. All right, I'm just going to Google carbon dating process, and we're going to get carbon some... dating might also be different to dating meteorites. It might be a different process, but I'm not sure. Radio carbon dating, also referred to as carbon dating or carbon fourteen dating, is a method for determining the age of an object containing organic material by using the properties of radiocarbon, a radioactive isotope of carbon. That didn't fucking help at all, did it? What are you talking about? I'm no, now I, I, I'm now a wealth of knowledge on carbon ra- dating. Radio carbon, whatever the fuck that is. <laughs> fuck that, man. Leave it to the nerds. Let's leave it to the uh, carbon dating scientists. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they're doing a good enough job. Yeah. They're probably hardworking individuals. They can figure it out. Well, the grander theory... <laughs> sorry. We're just going to reap the benefits of their discoveries. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, this whole this whole thing, talk about the Sphinx and there's this other site that they've uncovered recently in, in Turkey called Göbekli Tepe. All this stuff is all um, 
being talked about by this group of people who think that there was a giant cataclysm about like 12,000 years ago or 13,000 years ago that basically caused all the ice caps to melt and caused major flooding across like the known world like Europe basically at the time you know mm-hmm. and uh, that, that would that would explain the flood myths and stuff like that because it actually happened and then you know there's a small amount of people who survive it and they carry down the stories of flood myths of the, the, the they carry down the flood myth story based on the actual reality of what happened kind yeah of thing because that flood myth story is not just biblical it's not just in the bible it's also in the epic of gilgamesh from um from babylon it's also in each ancient egypt has, has flood myths there's like tons of these like eerily similar stories yeah. that's cool thinking about that it's kind of like thinking um why are people so obsessed with superhero stories what social implications what social seed planted itself thousands of years ago that gave people the idea that you know an individual overcoming everything I was think an it, exciting tale that got told sense, throughout of the generations it does make sense but like you know what was the what was the first instance of a tale like that being told that rippled out thousands of years into the future until now well into it, this this worldwide obsession it's actually quite deep because it's basically we're we're, we're bundling in every every um uh what do you call it aspect of a person every trait right we're basically putting every trait that we determine to be good on a hero and every trait that we determine to be bad on a villain mm-hmm. and then we're ma- and then we're creating a story about how this person who has all the good traits outdoes the person with all the bad traits it's interesting that you bring villains into it as well because that is very important isn't it because you've got to have the contrast you have to you have to make it clear that this person is doing things yeah. in, a, in a in a way that but is... that's a social thing because good and bad is very uh mm. dubious yeah what and, is morals and not you know? not determined so yeah. the fact that human beings have decided that storytelling works best when you've got good and bad isn't speaking to our open-mindedness very strongly is it well it, you know? it changes as culture moves forward and and and, right. and culture changes because it's like james bond was like the ultimate hero of of like you know action movies in the 1950s right or i don't know when when those bond movies were originally coming out but if, I'm, if we're talking like sean connery stuff yeah it's like if you were to bring out one of those movies today everyone would be freaking out about the, about the amount of like you know sexism involved in it like you know yeah. uh, james bond just treats these women like shit etc 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 yeah james bond is actually an interesting example of a sort of a hero with a lot of flaws well I that's think, that's I think true it makes isn't it, it that was ma- always the case with james bond yeah he was, makes he was it, never perfect makes it a more interesting story i think mm. but yeah well that's interesting actually because like i feel like we these today in today's day and age we have a lot of stories where the hero is actually an anti-hero they're actually kind of like you 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 do get behind them you feel yourself getting behind them but you're not actually sure why because they're actually quite morally ambiguous characters like i'm talking Mm. about like walter white in breaking bad for instance it's like he is clearly like got some fucking major issues like he's real flawed and his you know his ambition you know takes over and he starts doing really shitty things to people i think that's a great thing that you could do if you're writing a story is to give it an anti-hero and it's 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 attributed to the writing but also the acting like acting is just being as realistic as possible to get people to relate to see that like maybe i could see myself acting in this way like this person does Mm. you know 
So, you know, it, it's just the power it's of... It's relatable. It's the power... It's the, yeah, it's the power of, like, how relatable the character is to you. And maybe Walter White does things that you think, hey, if I was in that situation, I might do that. I think know? Breaking Bad is actually a fantastic reflection of, you know, how it actually works generally in, 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 <laughs> in the reality. Because there's no one in, in Breaking Bad who you consider to be purely good. There's no one in Breaking Bad who you'd consider to be purely bad. They're all just morally ambiguous. Every one of them, every character, Skylar, Gus, uh, Jesse, they're like, you know, they're all, they're all just morally ambiguous. They just do things based on, you know, yeah, their experiences, like their, their personalities, you know what I mean? Mm. Like nobody's acting, you know, in a way that's like too good. It's not, there's no Superman involved. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's no, just like real life. Everyone makes mistakes. Yeah. There's yeah. no, there's no syndrome or something, you know, <laughs> <laughs> syndrome is my example of ultimate evil. He Syn- shouldn't syndrome be from the Incredibles. Yeah, syndrome. Did but he's wrong. got a reason for being. No, nah, syndrome's actually up. a really good villain. Yeah, he's actually a really good villain. Because like, he's got a sense. he's got a backstory. Oh, he's got a good. Backstory. Some villains don't have backstories. Let's think of a villain that doesn't have a backstory. I don't know. The Joker. I guess I guess he backstory. has a backstory. He does like, now. They well, just made now. a movie about he does it. Now. Yeah, <laughs> two months ago. <laughs> Joaquin Phoenix's Joker has a backstory for sure. <laughs> that was the worst example. <laughs> I'm sorry. The Joker didn't have a backstory before they brought out that movie. And I what still haven't the, seen it. What about the Emperor from Star Wars? <laughs> yeah, oh, no, okay. he, uh, he does now. Does he? Not really. He doesn't have a backstory to his. It's like he just a, has more evil shit that he was doing previously. Yeah, that's his backstory. Yeah. It's just like I was evil before as well. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, dude, you know what's crazy, man? Do you know what's super crazy? So think about the scene in um, Attack of the Clones. At the start of Attack of the Clones, there's like some bugs that are trying to kill Padme, and Anakin comes in with his lightsaber and fucking kills these oh, bugs. Oh, the worms. Off those worm things. Yeah. yeah, they're they're more like witchetty grubs than bugs. Now, where were those worms sent from? The bounty hunter. Yeah, right. Where was that bounty hunter sent from? Uh, the shapeshifter. Right. And where was the shapeshifter sent from? <laughs> I can't remember. I haven't watched it in a long time. It was Django Fett. And who sent Django Fett to do all that? <laughs> it's like there's like this chain of like fucking six people. Yeah. That goes back to that goes back to Palpatine. He went so, back so, to Palpatine. So Palpatine, Palpatine got someone to get someone to yeah. get someone to you know to to try right. and assassinate. Like it eventually got down to the point where you know some some dude just sends some bugs to kill her. Yeah, it's like what the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> as far as writing goes, like what the fuck are you guys doing? Well, the bugs the bugs would have gotten her if um if Anakin and Obi Wan didn't sense it. Yeah, yeah, because they're Jedi's. Yeah, or maybe maybe Palpatine that- was thinking that far ahead and he thought that was all going to happen and he assumed that they. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, why was he trying to kill yeah, Padme? At, at what point did he decide that? Uh, Padme was a good one to have around because she he could use uh, her to manipulate Anakin because yeah. that was a that wasn't was... that the whole point he was just trying to get Anakin to turn to the dark side right yeah I don't see how he's going to achieve that through having why like were they ten... trying to kill Padme yeah exactly it's ten people chain of trying to fucking kill Padme with his like, was that the sort of situation <laughs> it wasn't a like... ten people chain it was the shapeshifter lady who put the bugs there you made it sound way more complicated it's than super it was. complicated though it is <laughs> Django Fett. Let's let's just go from the other direction to make it not complicated. Django Fett hired the shape-shifting lady to kill Padme with some to with some worms. All right. Do you reckon Palpatine <laughs> thought that Django Fett was going to kill Padme himself? Do you reckon he said to Yeah, why didn't Django kill Padme himself? But that that's exactly it. Do you reckon that's simply the case where they've where 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 Palpatine is 
given someone like responsibility for carrying out this thing and he goes i've got too much on my plate i'm just going to delegate it and then that happens another three times before it gets to like the shittest fucking assassin to actually do it and everyone's just getting paid along the way you know (laughs) and everyone's getting fucking kickbacks from this shit is that what happened (laughs) hey it was a great scene Bro, I reckon that would make sense though, wouldn't it? Because you're just getting it. You're just going to take like a cut of it. You don't have to actually try and assassinate Padme, you know? Yeah. And everyone just keeps palming it off to the next guy until someone's like, "Fuck it, I'm going to try and kill it, kill her with bugs." <laughs> the the shapeshifter lady should have palmed it off because she she didn't end up too good at the end of that interaction. No, she she ended up with her throat throttled. <laughs> at least I can't remember. What she should have palmed it off to Baby Yoda, and then it would have all been over. I think that was a very different uh, timeline, isn't it? The Mandalorian. I don't know, dude. I haven't seen it. <laughs> I don't think it's actually... I just wanted to make this more relatable to our audience that hasn't seen Star Wars. I'm assuming they've heard of Baby Yoda, so I made a joke. They've, prob- they've probably heard of Baby Yoda, but we don't actually know if it's a... Oh, well, actually, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't seen enough of The Mandalorian yet, but I think there's like question marks as to whether it's actually Yoda or just someone in his species. You know what I mean? Oh, I don't think it's actually Yoda, is it? Can't be, right? As far as timelines go? I don't know. Whatever. That's not something we should be <laughs> getting getting too deep on. We don't know, we don't know anything about it. We know more about uh, assassins killing Padme. That's, what, that's for sure. <laughs> that was a bit ridiculous now that I think about it. Now that you think about it, it's pretty, it's pretty shit writing. But what was she doing that she needed to be killed for? Well, exactly. I, there's just so many like, what the fuck's about that whole... That whole sequence you know what i mean <laughs> well that whole movie if you will wait but obi-wan how now i'm into this all right obi-wan was went looking for Django fett and he found the clones and then just acted as if so what did the clones they were ordered on his behalf yeah <laughs> but did who ordered the clones that's why i'm here did 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 um did what's his face have anything to do with the clone army the chancellor yeah, Palpatine, mate. Pal- Palpatine was orchestrating that, surely. Sure. Because he had the whole execute order 66. Yeah, he thing. had total control over them at the in the end. Well, he, he? he had like, you know, he had a back, um, what do you call it? Um, back channel into the into the stormtroopers' minds, essentially, with the order, execute order 66, right? That's yeah. like a override, an override code that was implemented. Right. I don't know what the hell that's that's called. What was it called when the FBI were trying to get into the Apple phones? They were trying to get a back door. They were describing like a back door. Right. No, I would I describe know. it the same way. Execute Order 66 is a back door for Storm Stormtrooper code. <laughs> <laughs> They're just all born with this knowledge that they have to kill all the Jedi. It's like a trigger. Mm. Yeah. It's Damn, like I really want to watch the prequels again now. I actually wouldn't mind getting into it, eh? Do you want to have a prequel marathon? I think we should, um, we should have a, a react. A reaction video to it we like, should reacts to react the, the, tri- the, the, the trilogy, trilogy, trilogy 20 years later when did they come out um 2002 2000 2000 yeah around that time i think the phantom menace was 99 all oh, right yeah was it i don't know i think it was 99 yeah and then if the if the uh third one was maybe 2004 something mm. like that probably makes sense all right, I think we're going to end it there because we're going to go watch the prequels. We're going to we're going to go watch some uh, watch some prequels and we're going to going <laughs> to draw some uh, Egyptian cave art, and we're going to implement basic income. 
well, on a nationwide scale. Well, when I'm running for Prime Minister of Australia on that platform, I'd appreciate you all vote for me. <laughs> that would be uh, that'd be that'd be ace. I'll vote for you. You got one, Thanks, fam, and fifteen. You got fifteen more from the listeners of the Space Cadets Pod, so you got sixteen people. Appreciate you, vote for you. Appreciate you. I, I need all the help I can get because it's, uh, it's a not much traction on uh, on that one at the moment. But anyways, alas, we're getting uh, we're getting distracted. Thank you for tuning in. It's been good to have you on this Space Cadets Pod. Appreciate you as always. We'll see you next time. Ciao, ciao. Peace. Space Cadets. Yeah. Oh,